Hi, Ryan O'Reilly here. Today's episode of Epcot Mom features a heated argument about cartoon ducks. As a disclaimer, we'd like to note that any and all opinions do not represent those of either individual's employers, and we do not take any responsibility for bringing said arguments into your own home lives. That said, enjoy our episode that's mostly about Unbuilt World Showcase attractions. It's Epcot Mom, starring Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan Dorman, the absence of the abominable snowman, the unbuilt trapeze artists, and the family guy. Welcome cultural connoisseurs to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast with me today, as always, is my co-host Ryan Dorman. Hello, everyone. All right, so another episode of um, uh, of Epcot Month is happening right now. Uh, we are recording these long in advance, so we do apologize if, if we didn't mention something like, oh, I don't know, the Figment movie in development. Mm, it's not going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's basically your opinion that it's like, yeah, they'll, they'll write a treatment and then Disney will look at it and go, eh. How much money is this really going to make us? Uh, yeah, well, you know, you have <laughs> Seth Rogen, right, doing mm-hmm. looking into it, which is is pretty fantastic. I like that he he did the sausage party, he produced that. <laughs> His Point Grey productions, they do a lot of stuff though. Mm. So they do that pickle movie? They produced that one. Uh, the, an American Pickle, yeah, they did that. Oh. They they do like the boys, um, and oh. the Darkwing Duck reboot right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you you pay Figment. Hopefully, here's the hope. The hope is is that the new Figment show has Nigel Channing, so they never have to get rid of the ride. Uh, did you see one of the writers responded to mm. somebody on Twitter asking for the Dreamfinder? I did. I did see that. And mm-hmm. he what was it? He sent like one of those like tight lipped kind of. We'll see, right? Kind of. He things. said noted. I'll note it. That's right. Dreamfinder should be in there. He's going to be in the background during one of the shots. <laughs> one of the shots. It's yeah. like, like, I used to be with the Dream Finder. <laughs> There's no way he's going to sound like that anymore. <laughs> They're not going to have him sound like the old Figment. It's going to be like the new Pac-Man show where they'll just make him sound like a normal person. Or Seth Rogen. <laughs> That's what he'll do. He'll do not, the... bad, not bad for the Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he'll do the classic Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> like Donkey Kong. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's right he is donkey Kong. yeah we're that's recording this having a renaissance <laughs> we're recording this one day before that trailer comes out so i'm sure like whatever jokes have been cracked already we're just like woefully behind on so we're not gonna even like attempt that because this episode won't even be coming out till i think like two weeks after that trailer debuted yeah we will so- live in a post mario world Mm-hmm. A post Chris Rat, jeez, Chris Pratt, excuse me, Mario voice for <laughs> Chris Rat. Was that like a Freudian slip? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was I was in my mind. I was thinking twice about Chris Pratt as Mario and then Chris Pratt as Figment. That could be if this even happens. Maybe, good lord, will we even be live when this happens? Will we even be living to see this? I don't know. Hmm. It'll come right to Disney Plus, like every other Disney Plus original. Well, well, that's the thing. You know, it would just be a movie, goes to Disney Plus, we would see it, and we would go, all right, okay. Normal people wouldn't watch it. Normal people don't watch streaming exclusives. You think they do, but no <laughs> one saw The Munsters, no one saw Pinocchio. 
No one watches those movies. They're just there. Nobody saw like one of the biggest movies ever, Red Notice, with it was like oh. Godot, Ryan Reynolds, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Is that the one where with the bullfight where they're like clearly yeah. both on different mm-hmm. sets? Yes, like not in the same room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um, you know, it'll, it'll have the viewing numbers of She Hulk and stuff like that, and that'll be it. All right. Well. <laughs> We heard about the Epcot 40 stuff we didn't talk about. Oh, yeah. Epcot, Epcot's 40th happened uh, as we uh, uh, in the past few days. And um, <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I <laughs> set you up for a uh, uh, face fight there. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, there was the, the new uh, Beacons of Light show, right? Oh, that was cool. I yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. And then there was the uh, old entrance music which was up for a few days and that's then right they took it away yesterday and people cried <laughs> and that's it yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> that's it the end and thankfully it's not too terribly ravaged by the hurricane and uh we will uh be talking about hurricane relief effort efforts at the end of the show so please stay tuned to the end of the show for that. But for now, uh, we're going to go to our main topic, which um, this week is going to be about World Showcase again. So are you ready to uh, go world traveling again? Oh, absolutely. All right, let's do this. Off to the World Showcase. <laughs> Here we are for our main topic about unbuilt World Showcase attractions. So there's currently, oh gosh, how many attractions in World Showcase right now? Are we counting theaters? Well, are we just counting rides? We could count theaters, I guess we could. Uh, Mm. With rides, there are, I believe, three. There's Frozen Ever After, Mm -hmm. uh, Grand Fiesta Tour. And mm-hmm. Ratatouille. Uh, and there is an invisible Mary Poppins ride. <laughs> if you look hard enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe there's anything in the future. I don't think so. I don't think they announced anything. No. Um, there is also uh, the China film. And it is currently... Oh my gosh. I cannot believe I can't remember what the name of it is. I do know what the name of the supposed replacement was, which was Wondrous China. <laughs> um, and what was, what is the title of the current Is China it not called film? Reflections of China? Reflections of China. China. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And there's the American Adventure, mm-hmm. uh, Impressions de France slash Beauty and the Beast sing along. <laughs> and uh, there's also Canada Far and Wide, which only runs half the year. <laughs> that still runs? That new one still runs? Half the year. When it's Ooh. not for mine, it runs. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So wah, wah. we have three rides and I believe about four four shows. Mm. So not many. Um, and World Showcase, they were always going to have rides. And that was always a plan. But uh, that got kind of lost in the budget because the thing about World Showcase is that it was more about like the culture, the the food, the drink, and mm. the the attractions and the rides weren't weren't necessarily as important. It was more about selling the tourism, getting the corporate sponsorship uh, about. Whereas Future World, you know, there there was nothing else but the, the rides. You you needed the rides to sell exactly what you were showcasing it's it very much seemed like that got put on the back burner so 
uh, we've already gone through the history of World Showcase and uh, what everything was going to be. We did talk about unbuilt World Showcase pavilions two weeks ago. We will be talking about an unbuilt World Showcase pavilion today, but because it was so much more focused around the ride, this is also going to go back to our Project Gemini episode, and we'll be getting into some of those ideas as well. But for now, I wanted to start with Germany uh, and the Rhine River Cruise. And you can see a, a photo of concept art there of uh, people walking in under flags up to a train of boats. Uh, and you can kind of see some miniature dioramas there in the in the distance. Um, so mm. in the Germany Pavilion, plans were developed as a phase two attraction to include a boat ride next to the Beer Garten restaurant. One may notice the two castle door entrances next to Beer Garden, but the right one was originally intended on being the entrance to the Rhine River Cruise. And you can kind of see that in the concept art right there. Um, once again, uh, right now, I believe if you enter there's you know, those two entrances and on the right, there is a mural there. Uh, do you know about this mural? I did not. You did not? Okay. There's a mural there. And that was going to actually be the entrance to the Rhine River Cruise. Mm. But instead, uh, you just walk to the left and you go straight down to Beer Garden. You've been to Beer Garden, right? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you, you enjoy it? or? Ah, you know, it's cool. It's it's neat. It's like all the... Uh... One of those perfect world showcase experiences, perhaps yeah. closest mm-hmm. to what the cultural understanding of world showcase is, right? Because it's the show and it's the uh, the decorations and the communal eating. It is the quintessential world showcase experience, I think, in my right. opinion. Mm. Uh, per the book, Walt Disney's Epcot Center. The future river ride promises to be enjoyable as it is informative. An early concept has guests boarding a cruise boat for a simulated ride down the Rhine and other rivers. The trip affording a visual impression in miniature of the cultural heritage of Germany's past and highlights of its present. Among the detailed models and vision are scenes in the Black Forest, the Oktoberfest, Heidelberg, and the industrial Ruhr Valley. The possibilities are limited only by the planner's imaginations. So guests would climb aboard starboard facing boats, much like one may in Disneyland railroad cars. So you would be facing only ahead. You would not be facing uh, normally when you would get like on a pirate's boat, you would be facing straight ahead. But no, you would actually be facing towards the side, towards starboard. Uh, So that would be uh, towards the dock that you were boarding. Much like one may in Disneyland Railroad cars, which were four boats strung together and departed as a unit. Flowing along a short route, we would encounter various dioramas that highlighted Germany's culture and landmarks. The Cologne Cathedral was a landmark used in example as one of the featured miniatures. You can see that cathedral right there. Uh, despite the name, you would actually travel down more rivers than just the Rhine, but also the Tabor, the Ruhr, and the Isar. I'm sorry if I mispronounced them. I am not German. Likely narration would have included as highlights with some dioramas reflecting Germany's culture and heritage along with the sites. Guests would then exit overlooking the beer garden restaurant through a window, enticing them to enter for a beer. And you could see some of the uh, layout there of how it would go. I've also seen layouts that were much shorter than this. 
Uh, and you could see like how the boats would be strung along as a unit and only facing in one direction. You can also see some of the uh, dioramas concept art there with like these large German figures. And you could see like a factory yard and then just like an old village with like what looks like a pipe piper right there. That uh, the factory yeah. is really scary. Is that it? Oh yeah. Is there a guy in the? Yeah, it's like a like a Valkyrie guy or oh, something like goodness. that, and he's like just commanding work, work, work. You know, and it's like a nuclear power plant. Mm. Uh, I have a feeling that one part of Germany's history won't be talked about here. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> What? <laughs> My goodness! We, we had you, to yeah, you just had to go there first. The Israel thing. Now this. <laughs> it's it's just like um how in the Minions movie they had the Minions uh be frozen <laughs> <laughs> from like from like the eighteen hundreds to yeah, the nineteen sixties. Minions did nothing wrong <laughs> between that time. I don't like, even know. Just like we got. Well, we're just gonna skip this part of history. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's just thinking about that Family Guy gag <laughs> when they're like, "We were on vacation." Besides its beautiful historic architecture, Munich was the home of many great writers, such as Thomas Mann. You'll find more on Germany's contribution to the arts in the pamphlets we have provided. Yeah, uh, about your pamphlet, uh, I'm, I'm not seeing anything about German history between 1939 and 1945. There's just a big gap. Everyone was on vacation! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. Uh, family guy gag? Yes. Did you, you went from... <laughs> you went from <laughs> the Holocaust to Family Guy. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, you can see models there. Uh, some of the dioramas, like once again, would be mostly featured dioramas for the most part. Very elaborate. Uh, so budgets, uh, I've cuts budget overran in the Rhine River Cruise was one of the first cuts to phase two, which inevitably only included Journey into Imagination and Horizons with Morocco and the Living Seas pushed to a phase three in 1984 and 1986 respectively. So what are your thoughts overall on the Rhine River Cruise? It's a fascinating idea. I thoroughly like, uh, I'm behind the structure of the boats where they would be pointed towards the uh, the, the show scenes. Really? Like Do you need Disneyland Railroad? Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders how the weight distribution goes like that. Because I guess like if you're sitting on a bench, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you have two people on the bench and you shift your weight properly through the bench, it won't pivot. But if you have a bunch of people on the right side mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a less balance on the other side, then this, that thing just tips completely over. Hmm. Um, I guess the fact that there were four strung along together would have probably Oh, that's true. Yeah, it, it. Probably, it seems like it was closer to, maybe it's just closer to like a, a dark ride, kind of like the way Living mm-hmm. with the Land is, where it's yeah. it's technically on water, but it's floating a very mm-hmm. limited. Well, it is a river cruise. Right. I just found it was very interesting on how... They didn't want it. They didn't want to make it like on just another boat ride. And yeah. that's something that I've noticed, you know, like they, they have Grand Fiesta tour and then they have living with the land and then they even Maelstrom. Everything is just a slightly little different. Nothing's like a exact copy of one another. Right. That's true. Yeah. Everything has like a very unique kind mm-hmm. of touch to it um in the just the basic way that it works i never really thought about that how different all of the the boat rides kind of are and uh, i think that's because 
of probably the corporate sponsorships were like, okay, what makes my thing stand out? What makes me stand out? Mm -hmm. And the Imagineers can't go, okay, well, see, we have the exact same design of one thing and the exact same thing is design as another thing. You can't do that. You have to be like, well, see here, this is different because of this. And that way they will know this is the Kraft Foods boat ride. This is, you know, but this is the Mexico boat ride and such like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, just very different experiences mm-hmm. all along. Um, yeah, I mean, this just seems like the way I look at it, maybe I'm just dreaming, but I would imagine it would be somewhat of a cross between the like a historical and maybe more solemn parts of Maelstrom um, with the style of like living with the land, very laid back, mm-hmm. uh, very, very pleasant. I don't know. It just seems it seems very nice. The, the oh, murals, yeah. especially, or the I guess the concept art, I suppose I should say, uh, all look like it would be pretty standard Epcot boat affair. But yeah, still. currently in the place of the Rhine River Cruise show building where it was supposed to be is nothing. There's nothing there. Oh, really? It's just so, a completely empty building? Correct. It, no, it's not even a, a building. It's uh, They built a tiny bit of it, but actually most of it is a vacant lot right now. Oh. So if you wanted to build this, you can. Yeah, I mean, there's not really anything they can do mm-hmm. with it right now. They could fill in that like space of the minions timeline if they ask Universal. <laughs> but, um, they, they, uh, no, I, I think that you know nowadays that does that seems like such an unlikely thing that they would do just because I can't think of a good put in there. Germany, where does Hans Christian Andersen stuff come from? <laughs> Uh, We're going back to what IP can fit in here. I see. Well, it's, it's the natural thought, I think, at this point in Epcot mm-hmm. history is to think, well, you have that big open space. Um, but like, you know, I, I that to have a Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland style, though it wouldn't be through Beer Garden, but to have like a, a pairing between restaurant and boat ride. Mm-hmm. In like motif alone, of course. Again, to be clear, I don't think they drive through each other. Yeah, the um, good news, I think, the good thing is that the beer garden was so separate. It wasn't like there's just a beer cart right there because the large problem they have on Grand Fiesta tours, people trying to bring like the margaritas on the boat. Is that a problem that still happens? Oh, it's one hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Really? I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to. I mean, it's a little tiny boat ride, right? At Bush mm-hmm. Gardens, they let you bring the beer. I bet. Um, <laughs> Uh, what <laughs> i don't know i've never been to bush gardens uh anyways back to something i know about i think uh yeah the the separation there of course wouldn't cause too many issues i i think it just seems there's a reason why this attraction has lived on for so long in the mythos of what could have been at epcot and it's because mm-hmm. there was basically just a fully designed almost um extra boat ride for world showcase that true you know, I, there's not really a good idea of what to put in there and its replacement. It's so, not even the only boat ride that was designed for showcase and didn't make it. It makes sense that you'd have boat rides. I mean, boats are just calm and pleasant and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah. it, it having these very slow kind of dark rides through World Showcase just make a lot of sense. It fits the vibe of World Showcase. And I think yeah. that's why... For example, like nowadays with the France Pavilion, you have to build off of France into a separate area to like motivate mm-hmm. the Ratatouille thing. Yeah. Because the energy is completely different uh, mm-hmm. in, in one of those attractions. So, yeah, having the a nice slow boat ride at the beer garden just sounds great. I mean, you should be able to bring your beer, but, you know, what do you yeah. do? <laughs> uh, because we all know what would happen in that building. 
and people brought their beer on board. But anyways, uh, let's go to the actual, well, you wanted to bring a beer on board. How about eating on a ride? So this one is the France Food Omnimover. One bonkers idea was the idea of traveling through France on an Omnimover ride with a table. Food would be served to guests who would dine as they traveled through the attraction. Needless to say, it's quite obvious why this one stated in the drunk drawer. This is interesting, not only in the fact that people that the Imagineers actually thought they would do this, but the fact that it's actually being made. Uh, Europa Park is actually doing this. It is an attraction. Uh, it's not really a ride. It's more like a dining experience where you're in a trackless vehicle and you go up to stations within while seating in your trackless vehicle get food eat and then your trackless vehicle moves to another station and it's like an eating eatery experience but imagine doing this on a ride and number number two imagine having to finish your meal in well like four minutes yeah i think that the idea of trying to do food in a dark ride in the traditional sense is absurd. Um, it <laughs> reminds me a little bit of how the um, uh, uh, the the Garden Grill is oriented, where you're on a, a moving uh, a moving you know disc, and mm-hmm. basically the hope is, I guess, that when you start eating, by the time you're done, you're by the exit. That's happened to me a couple times. So I, I don't think it matters though. You don't have to like no get exactly off, get off right exactly. I think that that's what would make this so confusing. You know, if you wanted like a way that this could work, I don't actually know how the gastro experience is going to work explicitly in Europa Parks. Maybe that's how they're doing it. But mm-hmm. you could do something similar to the um, uh, Millennium Falcon attraction, where you have a bunch <laughs> of discs basically on a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a Lazy Susan that can be pulled on and off when a guest finishes their meal. You'd have to limit like time and so on and so forth. And I don't know how you deliver food to people but that is a possible way of going about it um is to have some kind of a circular dark ride that just constantly rotates and you can pull cars on and off but if you were going to going to do like a very fundamental basic dark ride like the haunted mansion where you you come to parts and you're handed like a piece of cheese i guess you could do like a uh like a charcuterie thing i guess or <laughs> like a three-course meal but everything's really tiny yeah one of those okay. gastro uh, little yeah little little things toothpick stuff you know yeah oh, yeah that episode of the simpsons right where they uh i don't know why that's like a late season episode of the simpsons where they go to the the fancy food place where like you eat it and it tastes like a full meal i guess you could do that um, <laughs> it's a little but, uh, pill that you take exactly but i yeah, think it's, it's um it's like in charlie and the chocolate factor willie wonk in the charlie factory where she's like eating the I think Veruca, she eats the gum. And it's a like, violet. You know, oh, it's a violet. Violet. That's it. Veruca, yeah. She's the one who wants the uh, golden. Uh, yes. Violet, she eats the meal. And then at the end, it's blueberry pie, but it turns her into a giant blueberry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would probably be have to how it would go, right? Is that they mm-hmm. have to do something very small. Yeah. I, but I guess, you know, if it was like a long-term dark ride, though, but that's the thing is sometimes you eat quicker than other people and sometimes you have like a emergency mm-hmm. or a bathroom or something like that. Uh, yeah, it just sounds like uh, a fantastic idea. I guess if like they started you with a sandwich and they threw, made you throw away the rest by the end, that would just be the most horrible ride in the whole park, right? 
That's true. That's so true. Oh my gosh. And just like, it's like, okay, they pull up like a trash can. Like when you get <laughs> off, it's like, split it, spit it out, spit it's it out. Like it, it's, it's Homer trying to, being pulled out of the all you can eat fish buffet. Yeah. So they're just trying to take my sandwich from this. Yeah. He's like, just a giant foot, like foot long, and he's still trying to eat it. Six more inches, I can fit it in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> i could take this back to yacht club uh, okay all right uh but yeah it's just what an odd concept it's it's a fascinating concept but an odd concept and also those like those omni mover vehicles would get so dirty how do you like do you like spend oh, one yeah. like what eating and then the next cast member gets on it like cleans it and goes all the way around so like half of them are just like cast members yeah it would have to be like getting pushed around in a shopping cart at costco like it'd Mm -hmm. have to be very little food yeah i don't know it just wouldn't be that interesting a robot hands you food (laughs) Ooh, that could be cool with the robot restaurant oh where they were battling with battle bots that's right that's like the same robots <laughs> and it was we'd have um what was it mr zed mr zed the oh my robot goodness comedian. i forgot feed- i mentioned mr zed, yeah. <laughs> mr. zed. <laughs> we'll be feeding you enjoy oh. my food stuff that i'm sure humans enjoy Poor uh, mr zed <laughs> okay so i think that's about it for the france food on <laughs> there's not much next one's an italy boat ride uh, the an intended future expansion of Italy would have had guests emerge from the back of the pavilion and encounter Roman ruins. They would then venture inside and come upon a dock, boarding gondolas and gliding past Italy's past and present. You could see Martin Smith, one of those um, amazing people who do those videos, kind of composited what this would look like. Notice how in the back of the land there's like um, uh, those like archways. Um, and I don't know what it leads to right now. I think Via Napoli or something like that. It does. Via Napoli okay, is in you. the back. There, All right. Yeah. Okay. But this would actually lead you instead to Roman ruins where you would enter a show building and uh, board gondolas, which is interesting because uh you've uh only barely been to vegas but in vegas we have the venetian and in the venetian we have a gondola rides uh they're actually pretty boring uh they're like not like really a really not like really like a ride but instead kind of like a romantic experience where you take your partner and you go on there and get smooth and canoodle and uh i uh, your gondolier uh, sings and he sings like uh, Italian opera to you and it's supposed to be very nice. You can do it inside the Grand Canal shops, which of course recreate the uh, Venetian canals. Or you could do it outside uh, in the uh, Vegas open air. And it's nice, but it's not really a ride. I mean, like probably less maybe five minutes at least this would instead be a gondola attraction where you would actually be going through a dark ride um and probably very similar to the germany one although the fact that it's gondolas like you know people try to canoodle on uh haunted mansion uh what what else uh they they were doing on adventure for inner space any anything with an omni mover but like gondolas hmm I don't know. It's just too romantic. What are your thoughts? Can I bring my margarita on this one? No, but no. Uh, you can bring some tiramisu. Maybe some Ew. pastas. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I bring a big plate of pasta. Bring us big plate of lasagna. Um. Well, so it seems like it's a dark ride. It's like an actual just dark ride, right? Because it's mm-hmm. through the past and the present of Italy yeah. on gondolas. I I think that I I like that. I'm cool with that. I think that mm-hmm. it's it's a perfectly inoffensive uh, Luca ride. <laughs> yeah, you're, I was like, go for the IP, go for the IP. I would, well, if it's a Luca ride, we got to go on Vespas. Oh, you, you uh, no, it would have been gondolas, right? And then they would have put Vespas in. Vespas yes, on. that's right. Yeah. It would have been gondolas, and then they would have put the 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 Vespas. pulled that out and turned a thirty minute dark ride into a two minute dark ride. <laughs> it's now a coaster, and, and that's right. You know, uh, oh gosh, what's the other characters? Luca, and there's his friend Alberto. <laughs> Alberto would be gone like, okay, everyone, say Silencio Bruno, and then. And you go yeah it wouldn't even be luca that's true yeah <laughs> i think that i i like the idea of a uh gondola through italy's past and present i think that the i will say that the the romantic you know connotation with gondolas i, I i'm not going to speak like i'm an italian at all <laughs> but i i think that the american connotation especially like the vegas connotation is very yeah. different than mm-hmm. perhaps what it really is i mean what it yeah. really is generally it is romantic right but it's also partially just transportation mm-hmm. um Eventually, this would just be built, no, in, in Tokyo? Not the ride, but... There's something similar. I'm not sure. Do they? Can you ride gondolas in Disney Sea? I can't remember. Well, I don't know. I, you think <laughs> I have the money to know that? It's like forbidden knowledge. <laughs> no, but I, I suppose, like, eventually they would touch their, their toes into doing Venetian, uh, like a Venetian kind of experience. And, and I'm assuming the uh, there are, I think there are gondolas. I don't know if you can ride them, but I think mm-hmm. there are. I think there are too. Yeah, I think we're supposed to be experts, right? Yeah. Um, the the I I love the idea. You know, I think that having the Italian pavilion be more than it is would be pretty nice because as it stands, it's one of the weaker pavilions in World Showcase, just by virtue of only having the one uh, jewelry and like you know it's jewelry and uh, clothing shop on the left hand side, and then a um, a winery, and then the pizza, and that's really all that's in uh, Italy. Okay, so conf- confirmation. Yes, you can ride the gondolas. Okay, there you go. And they're not—they're not like the ones in Vegas. They're very—they're—they're uh, they're very uh, roomy with lots of people that can board. Mm-hmm. I just sent you a photo of them right now, oh, okay. and you could see them. So maybe maybe it would be like this, but like yeah. in a dark ride setting. I would imagine it'd be very big, kind of like probably the size of a maelstrom boat. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. True, um, true. Just very, very large, kind of uh, get as many people in as possible. You know, it, it really, the Italy Pavilion with Via Napoli, people love Via Napoli. Uh, mm-hmm. With Via Napoli has something to go for it, but to have like a, a dark ride in it, something of, of this caliber would definitely be an incredible addition to the pavilion. And there's the scent of pizza. <laughs> Do you smell pizza? Did you really say there's a scent of pizza? Really? No, I'm just joking. Oh, oh, you horrible, horrible man! Italians have it hard enough (laughs) to be to be to be known for their pizza and their pasta. but cartoonish accents. Oh. Like Luigi and the Simpsons. (laughs) Is that Chris Pratt? I hear. Chris. I don't think I don't think he's going to be doing one of those again. Future listeners, you know the voice. You future listeners voice. know what Chris Pratt meant when he said he's not Italian; he's normal. People, 
future listeners can tell us exactly what that sounded like. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Not great, Bob. (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah, there's not much because there's not much concept art on this Italy attraction, I suppose, besides just a general idea. But Mm -hmm. I I do think that the World Showcase Pavilion, specifically ones like Italy, needed needed a little bit more. So it's it's a fascinating idea. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get exciting. I talked about an unbuilt pavilion, and here it is. This is the Switzerland Pavilion. You can see that beautiful concept art with that giant Matterhorn mountain rising straight above. So, seeing to be placed between Germany and Italy, the Switzerland Pavilion would include the East Coast version of Disneyland's popular Matterhorn bobsleds attraction. The pavilion would be a traditional Swiss ski village, with the front being more old Swiss and the back leaning more heavily into alpine sports setting. There would be a restaurant, a series of shops, including a wood crafting one, but visitors would be inevitably drawn into the mountain. So you're going to see a bunch of slides, um, and these are for uh, two proposals for the Matterhorn Bobsleds East Coast Attraction. Guests would enter a remote Swiss village and enter a cabin at the base of the mountain. They then would be placed in a giant switchback queue inside an icy cavern filled with chilled water fountains. You can see this. Look at this. Look at this queue. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Do they get to drink from the chilled water fountains? Allegedly, yes. Oh, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> covid nightmare yeah uh so as you pass by bobsleds being readied and mountain equipment guests emerge out of the cavern and see they're walking and there's a bobsled right there there's some first aid equipment the bizarre twist comes when you enter another secret cabin filled with high-tech gadgets okay <laughs> you can see that people are going into this and there's like little run times and all these television monitors and maps and uh in the boarding area uh turns out these are high-tech bobsled competitions occurring on the matterhorn yes it's a race race he's a race i hope i win the idea would be to take more of a cue from current 80s 90s olympic competitions and this is a secret swiss bobsled training camp they want to see if you have what it takes so you board these bobsleds uh this time formatted from disneyland space mountain which is weird because magic kingdom space mountain was based on the disneyland matterhorn so you can imagine how headache inducing this is to explain can you imagine this well we had the matterhorn but it's more (laughs) like your space mountain that's right that's the (laughs) and and and, and our our space space mountain mountain is more like that matterhorn so Mm -hmm. yeah uh, after the first left tail, guests would descend and enter a track switch that would separate the two bobsleds into a race. Another left tail later, and you get to see a humorous scene of a paramedic trying to open his cabin with an animatronic dog happily inside wagging his tail. You can see that right there. It's so cute. Little St. Bernard just going, <laughs> Uh, the next lift hill is the starting gate for the competition itself. And you can see the start time right there. As guests start careening down, they nearly miss an avalanche checker overhead them. You can see right there, they're going, going, and she's like, oh, no. And she's wearing shorts. Okay. It's Switzerland. <laughs> they, they, they know this. They accept this. Also misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, an overturned sled blocks our path and leads us totally astray. They're like, oh no, oh no, this is like direct from like Jurassic Park with, you know, the dinosaur leads you astray and off to a different path. So we go into the Stark Tunnel uh, and we hear sparks and screeching noises. We fly into an icing cavern, seeing mighty ice crystals, which provide an incredible light show. We then encounter a near-miss collision with another bobsled vehicle. We veer off into the other direction. Our last peril is avoiding a massive avalanche, along with another near-miss with the other bobsled. Finally, we hit the brake run as we run past some underground waterfalls, probably nearly getting soaked. Uh, the exit has us revealed to beat the previous race time via an ingenious quote-unquote shortcut. So that is the first proposal for the Matterhorn uh, East Coast variant. Another proposal was one entirely in the dark involving a psychedelic light and projection show. And this was similar to the current day test track. The idea is that you were entering a computerized simulation of a bobsled run. So good ideas never die away. Look at these. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to. Um, I know that I think I assume you recognize this. So I'm going to toss you a softball here. Mm -hmm. What is this missing? Tell the audience. Well, there's a reason for that. Well, right, okay. we'll get to we'll that get later. into it. Right, but, but it is now. missing the abominable snowman. Right, and that is like initially. What's funny is when this was I've heard for years, and I'm sure many of the people who are listening have heard for years that the Matterhorn was proposed to come to Epcot for a Switzerland Pavilion. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where like the wives' tale stops for most people. Is that's what people say and they move on, and that begins to conflate in people's mind that Disney was going to take a 1960s roller coaster and dump it into Epcot. Right. Really cheaply. But obviously, you know, as we're seeing here today, that's not true. Right. The mm-hmm. plan was to build a completely new roller coaster themed around the Matterhorn Mountain that focused more on like the cool runnings craze, I guess, or what would yeah. become, I think, the cool runnings craze. Because I, I think they wanted it to be more cultural, more Epcot. Whereas, well, whereas here's the, the thing, Disneyland though, version is a little bit more fantastical. Well, that's true, but I don't think, first off, I don't think there's anything wrong with fantastical insofar that Norway is doing the same thing. Like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with blending reality, like at the end of Norway, with the cultural export of Norway being oil. Well, that fantasy. wasn't really, that wasn't really Disney's call. No, of course. And yeah. I imagine maybe Switzerland was just sitting back and was like, oh, maybe we don't do the silly thing. Yeah. But number two, I think it's an incredible like mistake because if there's one thing that the Matterhorn is known for, it's the Abominable Snowman yeah. at Disney. So or at Disneyland. So if you pitch, hey everyone, the new excuse me, hey everyone, the new uh, Matterhorn attractions opening this year at Epcot and people start coming down, the first question I think most people are gonna ask is Where's, Where's the Yeti? Where's the snowman? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the, like even people, and this is a back to the young people don't know Disney thing. Even young people that, you know, I've talked to, they know the Matterhorn has the abominable snowman cause they confuse it for expedition Everest. So yeah. they must know something. Um, thus, at least on the onset, as cool as the idea kind of is, it's very European, um, it's very, very, yeah, it's very European. It's missing, I think, one of the core things that is a Disney Matterhorn. I wonder how people would react to that. Hmm, that's an interesting point. I really, really like the idea that we're doing something different here. 
And mm. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But I do like the idea that it's not just a clone. I hate the idea that you would go into the mountain and it would be a simulated idea of a simu- of a bobsled run. Screw it's that. cheap. No, no, it's no. Cheaper. cheap, cheap, yeah. cheap, cheap. I like the idea that you would be racing through the mountain and you would be going on mishaps as you go through this bobsled run. That's a cool idea. I like that. Not sure if I really like the high tech Swiss. No, what's weird about it is that it's pitched here as like a late 80s, early 90s kind of techie revolution. But Mm -hmm. honestly, it feels like a 1970s thing. It does, doesn't it? It feels closer to something that Tomorrowland would have when uh, Walt Disney World opened. That it would just be like, oh, it's a techie base. I think if you you stripped that away, that's the high tech element. Right. Take that away. Take that shit away. Uh, just, just make it. Just make it. You're, you're, you're going to a bobsled training camp, and you get on these bobsleds, and you're going through mishaps. Maybe, maybe throw in the snowman. Hmm. Screw it. I don't care. I mean, snowman, like one scene yeah. with the snowman is all I think that the ride needs. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you have a close encounter with the snowman on each track, and mm-hmm. that's it. You know, it doesn't have to yeah. be like the new Matterhorn, which shoves him down your throat at like oh. every turn. And um, you can have that Radiator Springs racers element with the the racing and the dueling and right right yeah that's fine that's that's perfectly that's fun everybody loves that but i don't i don't know if it needed all the high tech crap i'd I'd like to see that simulation thing but not Mm -hmm. here it would have been like a cool enough uh i mean it's basically a disney quest ride right um Mm -hmm. it's doing the same thing or like interventions uh it 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 is completely unnecessary here i don't maybe like cultural trends were a little different in switzerland at the time yeah um maybe the like the boom of that new techie kind of music and stuff like that Mm -hmm. was really big over there and i just don't I don't understand that. Maybe Switzerland was demanding something a bit more advanced because it seems like, you know, the way that you, you've written it here, they were very adamant about trying to get this built, but couldn't find the funding. Yeah. I right. mean, that, and it was supposed to be part of Project Gemini, right. which we'll be discussing the other part of it in a second. But I, one thing I really do enjoy is sort of the Olympics bent because I've always found it fascinating mm-hmm. that Epcot has never really embraced the olympics which that is surprising yeah which is it's this world showcase and it's the olympics are all about bringing the world together yes in sports but still like it's this big global event we you know why it's because disney doesn't get to broadcast it i don't think do they yes you're correct it is nbc (laughs) and you are absolutely correct yeah, because if uh, you were because if let's say ABC was doing it or ESPN, then sh- totally, I, th- I guarantee yeah. you, the Odyssey would become like a viewing center, and mm-hmm. there would be a bunch of like True. different uh, you know locations for um, uh, for food from each of the areas, mm-hmm. and there would be designs and crap like that. But because Disney's not presenting any of it, there's Imagine, no way. It's like Disney's like, okay, we're gonna make a run for the Olympics. I'm sorry, yes, Walt Disney World hosts the Olympics. <laughs> Oh my God. It's like, take that universal. (laughs) They they build like a giant, like ski resort. They do it at Typhoon Lagoon. They're going to freeze over Typhoon Lagoon. (laughs) Like, oh man, Blizzard Beach Beach is right right there. there. It was right there. Blizzard Uh, Beach. IOC is just like, "Hmm, Walt Disney World. All right, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. The Olympics, though, is a fantastic, it, it is a good spin. It's not a bad spin because. Yeah. I don't know when. When did Cool Runnings come out? Ninety three. 
Uh, so generally around the time. So sure, like mm-hmm. that Olympics kind of bubble was getting yeah. ready to to mm-hmm. to balloon yeah. and become like a big cultural thing. So yeah, it's a really good idea. Um, I, I wonder if they would have run into the same problem as with the Western River Expedition versus Pirates of the Caribbean, where people mm-hmm. have like this expectation when they come oh, to a Disney yeah. park that if I know this thing from Disney, I want this thing from Disney. <laughs> Why isn't this ride like breaking my back? Yeah, exactly. Make it, You're make right. Get rougher, Disney. They make yeah, it rougher. Exactly. Like you should introduce water breaks, and if that doesn't work, <laughs> just the world's most painful hard stop some guy with a big stick that can uh, wedge it between the wheels of the car Um, (laughs) so anyways do you have anything to say about the matterhorn before we move on to our last one i'm surprised at how positive i thought i was going to come into the matterhorn one and say oh it's just a rinky dink copy but Frankly, maybe maybe I'm saying the opposite. Maybe I'm saying it yeah. lost too much of that iconic part of the Disneyland stuff. Yeah. Okay. So our last one is Japan, which has a crazy amount of unbuilt attractions. First, we need to mention Meet the World, the carousel theater attraction, which was indeed built at Tokyo Disneyland. However, it was also slated to debut as an English spoken version in a Japan pavilion at Epcot with the show building having been built, but not to proper specifications. Uh, so you can see right there a photo of, of what the Meet the World show building is. And I believe it was just missing just a, a few specifications uh, that weren't actually built. The result of which led to the cancellation of the East Coast variant as costs were too high to correct it. The show building now hosts part of the department store in a paint warehouse. Yippee. Another proposal was the Bullet Train Attraction, a unique standing simulator attraction with screens that took guests past the Japanese countryside in a bullet train. And you can see there concept art where guests are just standing and looking out at it. The movement of the ride would be mostly similar with some small bumps and tiny forward momentum to stave off motion sickness. So kind of imagine like a small back and forth maybe and some small bumps, you know, really, really soft. Guests would then look through the windows and see the Japanese landmarks swish across them as narration took them beat by beat through the journey. You know, I am like, sorry, not to cut you off. I I, I feel like I'm becoming everything I hate and everything I I, I fear. Mm -hmm. And when we we first started doing podcasts, I was like, oh, people whose first thought are IPs. But the first thing I thought about this was like, oh, man, that'd be a big Hero 6 ride. Like Ah. kind of like Fast and the Furious Superchargers or something like that. Zootopia. No, Zootopia doesn't take place in Japan. Uh, they'll figure something out. Yeah, um, <laughs> it it is a it is it's very reminiscent of the Rise of the Resistance, like mid queue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not a bad idea for a for a simulator attraction to have everybody stand up and look through windows. It it actually it would be pretty neat. If you've ever heard of, there's this thing in the WDI campus in Glendale where they actually have a monorail hallway which has these windows and it has huh. a similar effect interesting does the mm-hmm. ground does it like give you yeah. like a little bit of oh okay you just walk through it that's pretty cool though uh, yet another proposal was an omnimover also through Japan's history from past to present seats those just plain uh doom buggy cars in red uh, and they're going through like this very high tech scenery. Uh, is I'm probably they imagine it's like this is the business of Tokyo or Osaka. 
As mentioned in our Project Gemini episode, the final idea was a Mount Fuji coaster. You can see the uh, Mount Fuji rising uh, in the back there and how it would look like in the inside. I guess would have entered on the second floor of the show building, marked from Meet the World, and would have gone straight into the mountain, where, aside from one drop located outside, was where the attraction mostly took place. The roller coaster was similar to the Matterhorn as a toboggan-style ride, culminating in the near encounter with a Godzilla-type creature, which may explain why the Abominable Snowman was missing from the Matterhorn variant. Kind of like a like a kaiju at the end there. Yeah, kind of like it, a kaiju. it looks more traditional. It looks more like a like a like a what are they, what are they called yokai? Like yeah, the spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look like more like a like a folklore kind of thing than it is right. Uh, like a modern day science fiction kaiju, but mm-hmm. it, it all of these ideas I think are are pretty neat. The the Mount Fuji one is by far though the the coolest. It would have been mm. this towering, daunting thing. Even yeah. if the attraction wasn't that crazy, it seems very excuse me Matterhorn esque. Yeah, um, that would have been very neat. And and that's Baymax there. Yeah, <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> Let me ask you: Does does the idea of two mountain coasters on two ends of World Showcase, you know, like the idea is that they would be kind of framing the American adventure. Does that seem derivative of you or to you or does that seem like a good idea? I, I would I mean, I would say that the extent to which I prefer the Mount Fuji coaster is much, much higher than hmm. the Switzerland one. Uh, the Switzerland Matterhorn. I would hope that only the Fuji was built. Really? Okay, that's interesting because I think that would ruin kind of some of the symmetry of uh, World Showcase. I, li- I I like the idea of two mountains. That's a cool mm. idea. Yeah, I like the idea of two mountains, but I also think it would look very. I'm trying. I'm closing my eyes right now. I'm imagining mm. it. Okay. Because I think that there's like some distinctness in giving Japan like a very large mountain. I suppose it wouldn't be the worst thing in the mm-hmm. world to have the two. Um, yeah. Although I do think that having two mountains would be so towering, mm-hmm. like so daunting that it would definitely have symmetry, but they might both overshadow everything else. Right. Um, yeah. I, I see what you mean though, about having, trying to preserve that lateral symmetry. Now remember that they would all be at the back of their lands. So right. the, and also technically be using force perspective. So I don't think, it would have dominated too much. Okay. It would have dominated definitely less than the freaking barges, <laughs> the harmonious barges that are currently there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, like I guess looking at the the current issues with symmetry and and ugliness, this mm-hmm. wouldn't be they wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. You um, are so you're saying maybe if they build one, they should really build both. Yeah, I think so because it would just seem off kilter. Like there's no other, there's nothing like this in World Showcase. Well, so that's the question. Do you think that this is the the best proposal from Japan? Because seemingly, if you think that Fuji isn't, then that's a no on the Matterhorn as well. That's that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. Hmm. I would ask, why can't? Ooh, uh, can I get greedy and get both? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> it's your show. Hmm. Okay, so I think we're moving on to build it or not. So we're going to, I'm going to say that I, I will, this is like being at a buffet. 
and I'm at this buffet and I have mm-hmm. all these tasty treats here. And um, we always ask what if on this show, which we haven't really asked much in this episode um, because this is an interesting. Yeah, we were talking about like what IP would this become or something, wh- whatever this would become. But I think most of these might stay, you know, could stay still or somewhat mm-hmm. updated. I mean, good Lord, they, they, they did Canada far and wide and like the closest IP you can connect to it is Shit's Creek. And that's because uh, Eugene Levy and, you know, Catherine O'Hara are the narrators. And then Wondrous China, that didn't have an IP attached to it yet. Uh, whenever it happens, if it ever happens. Um, we are getting, we didn't talk about how the DuckTales thing was finally announced to be launching soon. Oh my goodness. The DuckTales, I, you took me a second. Sorry, you jogged my memory. Yeah. Are they really committing to that? Isn't yeah. that the replacement to the Phineas and Ferb thing? Ferb one, yeah. Mm-hmm. That never opened yet? It didn't open, but everything was installed. Oh. It was supposed Isn't to- DuckTales over? It, yes, it was supposed to open in summer 2020. Yeah, I know. It sounds so long ago because DuckTales is over. I saw the stupid last episode yeah. for some reason on Twitter. What? Stupid it a, is a stretch. Okay. It was. It was a, uh, let's just say this. They had a Kim Possible and that debuted a month after the show ended. Oh, mm-hmm. well, Kim so Possible. I don't want to be like that guy, but Kim Possible is much more popular than DuckTales. I disagree with that. Duck that Tales. is so true. No, no, no one watches TV anymore. No, but Duck, but everybody knows what Ducktales is. That's you, the you, concept of Ducktales. No one knows what Ducktales is. You need to get back in touch with Ray. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Riley. Okay, you okay. still think people know what Owl House is? No one knows what that is. <laughs> people, okay. Mm-mm, no, like no. ten people know about Owl Duck House. Ducktales. Ducktales is. It's like one of the most popular theme songs. If you're like 38, oh my god! If, if, if you're if you were born okay, in the gonna, 80s and you have going, the, we are going to put this on a poll. Do you know what Ducktales is? Of course they Just, do. They're following no, a I'm Disney podcast. I'm not talking about. 2017 ducktales i mean just like scrooge mcduck people know about the image of scrooge mcduck diving into a uh, a bank full of money i want i want everybody who's listening to the show right now i want you to get on your phone get your phone get first off get a microphone then get on your phone call your parents call your siblings my mom knows what ducktales ask them what ducktales is and we're going to compile all of the i've never heard about it's in front of the show next time (laughs) The Carl's Barks comics are like legendary. No, everybody, no, everybody knows who knows. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are. They know who Huey, Dewey, and Louie are when they were Donald like Donald yeah, Duck. They know. Yes, they know who these people are, but no one knows the Don Sheedle Donald Duck. No, I didn't say that. I'm talking about the overall concept of DuckTales. They know. I would say they know DuckTales woohoo and that they're screwed. Yeah, exactly. Luck, that's, that's what I'm talking much. about. This is new DuckTales. Who cares? Everyone's going to look at that and say, that's not DuckTales. I don't know that. What is that? They just hear the name DuckTales and they're like, okay, this will be cute for my kids. It's a a phone app. It's a phone app to get kids doing something while people get drunk around them in World Showcase. The kids never play these games. Here's the thing. Kim Possible, cultural phenomenon. Phineas and Ferb, cultural phenomenon. DuckTales. I I think Phineas and Ferb was more of a cultural phenomenon than uh, Kim Possible. I would say that, yes, that's correct. Then they went, they started a Kim Possible, and then he went up to uh, uh, Phineas and Ferb, and then they nosedive down to DuckTales. 
<laughs> which was a TV show that only people who grew up in the 90s watched. They only watched the new one. No no kid watched the new one. They didn't care. Because oh the here's the thing. Here's the uh, publicity I saw in the new DuckTales. <laughs> no kids talking about it. No normal teenagers talking about it. But a bunch of 40-year-old people on Twitter talking about how sad the newest plot line was. <laughs> It was specifically designed to get people on Twitter to talk about how adult and new they could make DuckTales. <laughs> and it's like, no one no one cares about DuckTales. And the, and the no, intro is worse. You, if you just talk about the intro, you can't say the first line because it's like really uh, unfortunate right now. Wait, what does it say? Uh, the first line oh, is life is like, life like, is like a hurricane. Right, I own every season Dr. of DuckTales on DVD. I own the VHS copy of the, the stupid Treasure movie. The yes, I own that. I own DuckTales Remastered, and I played it because I was 13 and I thought I was cool because I knew what a 90s thing was. But that was just because I was a loser back then. Nowadays, nobody knows that. Nobody knows DuckTales. The nostalgia critic what, knows DuckTales. <laughs> I want to see what the Google Trends for DuckTales is. This Google needs to be trends. put in like a separate episode. This No one's going to listen this, this, to this. This is just going to be the DuckTales argument. Can you just randomly? We were, we, were talking, we were just talking about, we were just talking about, so it's funny. It's like I pulled up Google Trends. It's, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Like right here. Like Google Trends. <laughs> um, it, this is like, it's actually fairly decent for DuckTales. Uh, you know, I think it, I think it's more popular than you give it credit for. Just in variations, just like as a search term, it's it's not terrible, but yeah, it, it's not bad. It's not bad this, at all. This started from everyone knows Ducktales, and now it's oh, it's not that bad. Now look I mean, up that's the thing. It's like it's Ducktales twenty seventeen. Look up that one. Okay, so that's the thing. Disney You're... canceled it. You're changing, but that's the thing. You're changing the. No, but that's what. Okay, I'm sorry. Arguments. I should. I should have made it clear from the beginning. This is true. This is a. This is a, a Socratic dialogue. We will learn my mistake. My mistake was I didn't mean Ducktales in general. That's true. A lot of people, specifically people who grew up in late '80s, early '90s, definitely know what Ducktales is. I agree a hundred percent. I think for cultural osmosis that people know about the concept of ducktales okay all right but if they had a ghostbusters ride let's say tomorrow they open a ghostbusters ride Mm -hmm. at universal and they're announcing the new ghostbusters thing and everyone's like oh Mm -hmm. i can't wait to go and they show up and it's ghostbusters 2016 hell let's say it's even ghostbusters afterlife no one's gonna do it no one likes that but but the thing is is that that's not ghostbusters it's talking about like the risk versus reward and I, I don't think that the risk is that bad because the idea is that this is the like I just said, this is the thing you give your kids to do when they're bored at World Showcase. And these attractions have always been proven to be popular. And I don't think it matters whether or not it's about Kim Possible or about Phineas and Ferb or about DuckTales 2017, for example. So mm. I, I don't think it matters. Uh, but that's just me. Wow. We just we just really pump this episode like this is this is staying in i don't care i'm keeping this uh but (laughs) we we gotta go back on track we gotta go back and track send us the videos we were talking about we were talking about what if (laughs) i think that a lot of these if we choose to build it this wouldn't affect much yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Okay. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I said, I'm on a buffet. I'm looking. I'm picking apart stuff. So Yeah, the, it's it's neat because 
Future World, every time we talked about a new Future World attraction, it was always Disney's trying to modernize and make people like it. You know what I mean? Like when, mm-hmm. when people when Future World comes into the question, it's generally, oh, my goodness, everyone thinks this is boring. Let's make it cool for kids. So we put in a small Autopia and we put in a roller coaster in Spaceship Earth and et cetera mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. Um, with with World Showcase, though, excuse me, I don't know what it is that Disney has been consistently successful with World Showcase. And like, you know, because there's things I, I don't love it, about it's, it. But It's an easy sell, I think. I guess that's true. But they, they are also so intricate about, they respect the theming of like World Showcase more than anywhere besides I mean, Animal Kingdom, I, I'd say. I guess, but like Frozen Ever After exists. Frozen they Ever did After put, is rough, but there's like put, a... Speaking of ducks, they put ducks in the... Uh, Mexico. Mexico likes that ride more than the other one. <laughs> that's the that's here's the thing. But here's the thing, though, is that it's not like you go to uh, frankly. All right. All right. The Norway Pavilion, though, added and I hate the Frozen ride, to be clear. I am one of those grumpy babies in that year when I was all crying about it. Mm-hmm. But they did add that entire second part to the Norway Pavilion. And they like mm-hmm. really defined a lot of the rock work. Mm-hmm. And it is not my favorite ride, but the theming cohesion is still pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. They haven't cheaped out on World Showcase yet, yeah. which is, I guess what I'm trying to say, yeah. is that other parks have had additions to lands and areas. Like, frankly, I think, like, for example, the new Tomorrowland, I think, is a cheap out. It's ugly. Like, the white uh, paint. Oh, are you talking about the one in Magic Kingdom? Yeah, the one in Magic Kingdom. Is yeah, okay, right, okay. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the white paint was a really lazy mix because they didn't okay. remove the architecture. Yeah, they just kind of like slid backwards. Oh, and let's make it retro because it's super cheap to do it. Exactly. But the differences with World Showcase, it's like, well, okay, we're going to add attractions that maybe I don't think fit as closely, like Frozen Ever After, or we're going to add something more modern like Ratatouille. But what they do is they build like an entire new area on top of it and it, it really they they do try to fit that cohesion and with grand fiesta tour i don't know i i i for some reason can forgive that i'll call you back when i find an answer on that. <laughs> uh, but with with regard to these attractions none of the ones that you've pitched would number one none of them would eliminate anything mm. uh so there's no real like value judgment here besides the italy pavilion which would close via napoli um, yeah, which means that everyone that. would have to go back and change their top 10 foods at Disney list. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> um, but besides that, everything else is just, it, it would, it would slide right in. It would fit right in. Like, do you have like any feelings of, of question on whether you would build any of these? Oh, okay. So I thought about it. Okay. Um, I don't really care about the Italy one, the France well, why one. Not? Obviously. <laughs> because like you just say, Vinopoly and eh, it's I mean, there's pizza. Not there's not, <laughs> there's not enough for me to really like, go for but i would like that germany ride mm-hmm. i would like the bullet train in japan because i think it's really simple uh, it's really simple probably really small i would take now fuji uh the matterhorn with the switzerland pavilion you know i'm, I'm getting my tr- uh, my plate full of all these attractions and i'm going to eat eat well tonight i'm going to eat well tonight <laughs> with all these wonderful unbuilt attractions mm. uh on my plate uh how about you yeah i mean so like if i'm looking at everything i am a bit more lenient i think italy would have been a fantastic addition to really build out that area move via napoli you know for all i care mm-hmm. okay um it is the best pizza on property but you know what are you gonna do it's pizza who cares you know germany's a fantastic idea just in in what you can see the france food thing is it it's a cool idea i wish that there was more 
I wish it was pushed further. I think it, it would have been about as weird as uh, my mind always goes to the, the underwater cow restaurant, the one in Disneyland, mm-hmm. right? The or the not in in California, right? The the very odd experience that Joe Rody pitched. Right. Um, it would probably be something weird like that. I'd love to hear more about it. Of course, at this point, it just seems like a mess. Uh, but Italy just seems like a great idea. Switzerland, mm-hmm. if they could really nail out the Matterhorn concept a little uh-huh. more and try to abandon that high tech kind of interpretation mm-hmm. that seems like something additionally fantastic as well as just the whole Switzerland pavilion in general. Uh, and with Japan, I'm particularly attracted to the standing bullet train simulator. I just think it sounds like a very, excuse me, a very pleasant kind of attraction. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I think for sure. I think in this day and age, you might have to add a little bit more, um, which is to say that the way the Hogsmeade to Hogwarts or not Hogsmeade to Diagon Alley train works, um, there might be some kind of expectation that you go somewhere or like a mm-hmm. plot. I don't personally think it's necessary, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling people might expect a little more. So I'd be interested to see how that develops. Uh, but the Fuji coaster, I just think would be the cherry on top and already on an already gorgeous pavilion. Uh, mm-hmm. Japan is like, in my mind, the one of the prettiest pavilions at World Showcase. So to have a towering mountain over there mm-hmm. uh, would be great. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much for everything here. It just sounds yeah. like it would have been a great addition to World Showcase. And I don't know, Disney, if they're sitting on all of these ideas, yeah. <laughs> you go for it. Uh, I like the idea of a Switzerland pavilion where we would go into a colder climate. Because I don't feel like we really have that as much. We have a little bit with Norway. But we don't have that quite as much where I guess with Frozen, they didn't make it all about the cold, but still. Hmm, the cold the never bothered her anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but man, these I've never been more enthused about uh, like all these unbuilt attractions before because it's like, why not? The more exactly. the merrier. Yeah. That's all I feel. The more the merrier. You know, who cares if we, it, nobody it knows about DuckTales? The more the merrier. It does. <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel like, I mean, a bunch of the other times that we've talked about attractions, some of them have been almost warnings of, you know, what would have happened had Disney really succumbed to, you know, budget cuts and issues like that. And other ones have could have been, uh, well, this was what was potentially going to go in this area instead of a classic. Like when we talked about the Pirates of the, uh, I think it was right, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like mm-hmm. the possible attractions that would have gone there. So it's fantastic to have a, a little set of unbuilt attractions where the feeling just generally is, is this just didn't get finished because it was too ambitious or there maybe weren't enough funding uh, for the area. In contrast to the unbuilt pavilions, all of these attractions were just, I mean, sure, why not? Like the reason why they mm-hmm. weren't built wasn't because it was a bad idea, but just because just couldn't get done. Yeah. True. No, true. God, would it be nice for them to think about doing this now? But of course, if it doesn't have an IP, then Bob Chapek doesn't see the point of cashing the check. I do think that like you can look back at some of these. Like the Italy one, I think is rather... I, I don't think we're ever going to get another World Showcase Pavilion. I'll say that. No, I, yeah, probably not. And given how things have been announced recently, I'm almost certain we're not getting one within the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if not anything in the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. So building these kinds of attractions, maybe it, it's a little odd. The Mount Fuji coaster just seems to have 
it seems to me to be the one that's least likely of anything that's been presented here, just because it would be so big. And I don't think of I can't think of a good way to tie in property to it. Big Hero Six, if you really want to, you know, mm-hmm. argue that. But uh, yeah, no Switzerland Pavilion. I don't think either. Mm-hmm. True. True. Do you have anything else to say about these World Showcase attractions? Well, I, I I appreciate you bringing to light so many fantastic attractions. Yeah, thank it's you. It's nice to have a very positive yeah. episode. Today. I agreed. Agreed. Except for a nice twenty minute arguing match about. <laughs> About DuckTales. To be clear, <laughs> DuckTales 2017. Mm, the later so DuckTales. No communication there. I was, I was just talking about the overall DuckTales. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people know DuckTales because all you could do in the 90s was sit and watch TV and eat, drink Ecto Cooler. <laughs> what else were you supposed to do? But nowadays, kids are on TikTok. Mm, no Scrooge McDuck on TikTok. <laughs> no, no. Wait till one of the Muppets get a TikTok account. Oh my gosh, how has how that not happened? How does Pepe the King Prawn not have a TikTok account? Well, they tried with Muppets now. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was that went so well that Yeah. They've been why, <laughs> why isn't like Pepe doing some like the NyQuil chicken challenge? <laughs> okay. The Swedish chef would do that. And then that <laughs> annoying chicken bird from Muppets <laughs> Now. I'd say, oh, I'm civilized. And then the Swedish chef dies. Yeah, he starts, like, he starts vomiting like profusely. <laughs> the nice grilled chicken. Oh, my gosh. That would be that would be a sight. Um, and uh, more Muppets in World Showcase, please. We already have Sam the Eagle, but uh, hey. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. Yes, we, have, we need more Muppets. More Muppets everywhere. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, first, we want to talk about Hurricane Ian Relief. You can go to the Second Harvest Food Bank as well as volunteerflorida.org and the Red Cross uh, to consider about uh, donating to Hurricane Ian's efforts. We do apologize in the last couple episodes. We haven't really been talking about it. That's because those episodes were recorded well ahead of time before the hurricane happened. But I'm sure that they're still collecting donations even here in uh, mid to late October. Um, So please do that. Uh, It it would be a a great help to our friends uh, down in eastern and central Florida. Uh, but otherwise, um, please follow us on social media on Twitter at Pod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at unbillpod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, hey, the West Coasters still get to break our backs on the Matterhorn and you don't, East Coast. Mm. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay.